2: Welcome to Best of Both Worlds. This is Laura. This is episode 62. Today, we'll be talking with Megan Francis, who is one of Sarah and my favorite podcasters. Um, she hosts The Mom Hour, which we've both taken to listening to. And uh, if we have listeners out there who are looking for a more parenting-focused podcast, we would strongly recommend it. She and her co-host, Sarah, thats yes, also another Sarah, um, are very you know, straightforward and authentic, and yet you know they're having a lot of fun with it, too. Um, they have eight kids between the two of them. And so, a lot going on, but some fun stuff. They also do kind of extra episodes on things, just like what's in my purse, which is surprisingly fascinating. What is in your purse? I don't know. I don't think anyone needs to know what's in my purse. It's probably embarrassing, but uh, good I don't stuff know, Laura.
1: there. I don't know. We run out of ideas. We can't copy can. that one. <laughs> we'll
2: have the what's in what's in Laura's purse. No,
1: it's uh,
2: so lots to talk about with her later in this segment. Um, but first, you know the introduction here. This is going to be airing in early October, which in my part of the world in Pennsylvania is a very beautiful time. Leaves changing. Not so much in, in your part of the world, right, Sarah?
1: No, it's like very disappointing. Everyone's all pumpkin spice and it's like, huh, feels like July. It's exactly <laughs>
2: <the same. laughs> just darker. Because you, you grew up up here and, and then you lived yes. in North Carolina, which also had fall. And so you exactly. could enjoy your pumpkin spice.
1: Uh, exactly. No, just I'll just get my just desserts in January, but that's okay. That's
2: exactly when the rest
1: <laughs> So what are. kind of fun fall activities are you guys going to do yeah, so I can live well, vicariously?
2: So we are we have a fall fun list, just like we've had a, a summer fun list. And, and part of this is fall is one of my favorite seasons. I really love the leaves changing, the crisp weather. It's good for running, biking, that sort of thing. Also just, you know, getting the outdoor time before you go into the long, horrible winter season. Uh, so I have I make this fall fun list of the things like going for a hayride and going for a hike somewhere through the leaves, going for a long bike ride. Last fall, I had put stuff like going to visit Cape May in the fall because the beach is actually a very fascinating and beautiful place to be in the fall, especially there because the birds, many birds stop there on the flight south. Uh, so there's some pretty incredible bird watching opportunities there too. So yeah, I've been making the, the activity list for this fall. And I think the hayride is going to wind up back up on there. There's this um, amazing pumpkin fest type thing, which I forgot what its name even is. Um, but in one of the parks in Philadelphia, they just have like thousands of carved pumpkins all lit up. And it's, it's a really cool thing to walk around and see. So I think that's going to wind up on our list as well. So are you are not going to do anything fall specific if there's no fall. Uh, all right? the
1: things you're saying, I'm just think I'm picturing being outside and it's like it's going to be 87 and very humid and I don't know. I'm not that's I'm not, not, I'm not I don't really have my I don't have fall mojo. I think the most thing I'm excited for fall is just kind of getting into the routine of school and you know by the time this airs we'll be thinking about Halloween and that's kind of fun. Yeah, I guess it'll be time for like the time change by the time yeah, this right, comes exactly out. Him, well, not quite. <laughs> but
2: you guys, you'll know, be into the the flow of fall activities. You you decided to keep things pretty simple this year, right? Yes.
1: Yeah, because of the baby, and because I, you know, she's going to need to sort of establish some sort of a nap routine someday. I hope. Um, <laughs> I, I just tried to go for one pickup basically for the two older kids, since I'm generally not there, and my day of the week varies from week to week, so I can't know that. Oh, every Wednesday I'll be there to help do some complex thing. Um, I pretty much arranged it. So the kids have something after school, but it ends about the same time. And then the one activity they have outside of the school, they're in gymnastics together, which meant a little bit of a, I sort of sacrificed. It wasn't the perfect class for my older one, but the instructor said it was fine. And I felt like fine with a convenient pickup was better than perfect and two separate Classes, which was going to make things crazy, so a little yeah. bit of a compromise. But I think, I think simple is best for this year. No, that's Do you guys have your spreadsheet all, all up oh, and running?
2: Gosh, I have my spreadsheet. I, I live by my spreadsheets here. So I made the fall activity schedule uh, with on, on a spreadsheet. Um, so if you have listeners to this who would like a similar spreadsheet, you can just go to my website or you type if you Google Vandercam Manage Your Time, uh, it should pop up the version that you don't have to enter your email. But it, it's just like a 30-minute time log, the same one I use to track my time. So it has the days of the week along the top, the half-hour blocks from 5 a.m. to, you know, 4.30 a.m. or whatever it is along the left side. And I fill in everyone's activities on the days of the week that they are. And, and the reason to do this is so you can see visually, like, you know, does this work? A lot of our activities are offered multiple times per week, like karate meets six times per week. So you choose one or two to go to, uh, which is great. So, but I knew this. I knew when they'd be offered ahead of time. So you know, it was the kind of thing that I could just plan ahead of time instead of- Do you have
1: of- like a mini column for each kid in the spreadsheet? No, I don't. Have have I overlap it. But the I reason- of- Oh, okay. Because
2: okay. I overlap it because it doesn't actually help to-
1: Oh, so you can overlap in, in Excel like little overlays? Kind well, of no, thing. I'm
2: just typing in like S swim slash R. Oh, okay,
1: got it, got yeah, it, got no, it. This is not I'm getting I mean, all fancy. <laughs> yeah, you're not, no, I'm not trying <laughs> to do
2: any like calculations off of it, so it doesn't have to fit a certain form, really. But that way, I can sort of see visually what the week looks like. I had certain goals. I wanted to leave one day free, like activity free, for you know, partly to give a breather in the middle of the week, also so it's a day we know we can always do play dates or um that, you know, I know I can work later if I need to. Um I also tried to have a couple of days that, you know, there was just one thing or something because that way I could, you know, our nanny can just do the driving for for that and I can also work part of part of the reason to this spreadsheet is is to protect my work time. Um because you know, I, I had this realization last year that I was ending my work days at, you know, 410. More frequently than I really probably should have. Um, <laughs> and was- well, and
1: spoiler for the episode up ahead, but uh, you know that that can be a challenge for many of us, many people who work at home who don't have really firm kind of protection. Because yeah. um, Megan talks a little bit about that, although she has she's has a little bit of a different scenario.
2: Yeah, well, and so that she'd have kids coming in. And There's some things. I mean, the kids coming in is one thing, but then actually stopping to go drive people to swim at four ten is uh, you know, even more like, then I'm not going to get to this stuff. And so I wanted to have a, a, you know, some expectations there. So Monday I'm doing a lot of driving. Like I have to end my day at like 4:10, and I will be driving through to about eight o'clock. Um, but
1: with you that, you get to end your day at four. I get
2: to end my day at <laughs> and I won't, I'll be doing email at karate. I'll be, you know, probably reading books that I'm reviewing while I swim or, you know, maybe I'll bring my running clothes and try to run while somebody's at swim. And, I'll use the time. It also yeah, that sounds builds ambitious. in. That just sounds,
1: that's good. Good I, multitasking. And,
2: and I'll be, I've built in a break with that with, so I'm responsible for driving the 11 year old on that day. And there will be times that he and I can hang out for a bit. And I think that's probably going to be a good thing. I think he's going to um, need some of that, just the way things are kind of playing out right now.
1: Because um, so, he's going to be in middle school. He's going
2: to be in middle school. I know. <sighs> I know. Wow.
1: But yeah, no, this thing is a,
2: a. And I also wanted to make sure that weekend afternoons were open. So all our kid weekend activities are in the mornings on weekends. So that way we have the ability to like take off at, you know, noon or at 11 or what, and go do a daytime activity, like go hike somewhere or go, um, Biking somewhere, and instead of having something chopping it up in the in the middle of the afternoon. So I gotta say, this is this is a thing of beauty. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, I made this spreadsheet, and I like only. My Do you kids have are- one from
1: last year that you could share? You know, i obviously nobody wants to put out there where their kids are every minute. But if you have like an old one, maybe yeah, you could post yeah. it.
2: Yeah, uh, although the, the places they're going are exactly the same as they are this. Oh, so maybe not
1: really then. You could nothing. you could make a fake one a in fake code. One. <laughs> yeah
2: if my children were in soccer this is when
1: they would go exactly <laughs> like, switch the days around i don't know yeah some sort of. you
2: know but i was so excited about it i had to call my 11 year old in here to look at it and i feel like he
1: <laughs> was like did he appreciate it i, I don't think did he, he liked
2: it i was like you need to print oh. the spreadsheet he's like okay it's an awesome spreadsheet and i said thank you and then i sent it to our nanny and sent it to my husband i you know Made it clear that I wanted both of them to like give me the appropriate praise for having cranked out this spreadsheet. And
1: did they just write like okay? No, they no. were.
2: Yeah, my my husband made a point of like, our, at the time our printer wasn't working at home, so we had to print it up from the office. So he's like, I printed multiple copies. of looking. Oh, this, this is great. It was, like, we could
1: that's nice. Appreciate that is good.
2: the activity schedule.
1: Um, oh my gosh! Well, this this is a long intro. We got to get into Megan.
2: Okay. All right.
1: Let's go right into <laughs> Megan.
2: Well, we are very excited to welcome Megan Francis to the Best of Both Worlds podcast today. Megan is the co-host of The Mom Hour, as well as Many, many other things, and Sarah and I both <laughs> listen to the Mom Hour. Right, Sarah, it's one of your favorites. Uh, you I do.
1: Me. You listen to it too? That's I, awesome. Do.
2: I do. I rec- started listening because you recommended it, and I I knew <laughs> Megan from way back, but uh, I sort of missed that she was on the podcast circuit now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we, you've you've had several reinventions, right, Megan?
3: Yeah, I have. Yeah, and um, and hey, guys, really good to be on the show. Yeah, and Laura, yeah we that do was, go way, that? we go way, way back. Like we do, like eight nine, 10 years. I mean, it's a long time. I'm not surprised that people don't necessarily know if they're kind of in my like inner circle that I've been doing the podcast thing um, pretty much exclusively because I feel like I've also sort of fallen off the face of the earth um, social media wise for a little while, which I'm trying to rectify now because that's got some drawbacks. Like no one knows what I'm doing unless they're already listening to podcasts. So, exactly. but yeah, um, I've, I can walk you through yeah. like, kind well, of, why don't you first, yeah. you
2: know, since I had my sort of stunted uh, intro there of sure. you, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to our, sure. our listeners and then talk a little bit about your, you know, career and family journey.
3: Sure. Okay. Um, well, I'm Megan Francis. I'm the mom of five kids. They are youngest is nine, and oldest is now twenty. I uh, I live in Michigan. Um, I Have gone through many pivots actually over the last fifteen or so years. I just recently got divorced, so things have been kind of wacky since then. And I'll I'll lead up to that, but that's led to some interesting career um, pivots and then pivot backs. Um, but I started really my career as a freelance writer in the when I was in my mid twenties. Um, I was. It's kind of funny. I always thought of myself as such a young writer when I'd go to like ASJ and stuff. And now, at Laura, I think I'm like exactly the age everybody else was when I got started. So exactly. it's, you know, it's kind of funny. <laughs> we used
2: to be the young writers. <laughs>
3: yes, we were the young writers. And suddenly we weren't anymore. I don't even You're know not, when not that happened. Young writer, yeah, yeah. I uh, but I really yeah. focused on magazine writing for a long time. And then I had a blog, but I really didn't take blogging seriously as like any kind of career or profession um, until like the late 2000s. And I started a blog, The Happiest Mom which later became The Happiest Home, and those really seemed to resonate and kind of found an audience and took off. And so I was really deep in that world, um, the influencer world, as they call it, or they call it now, and they didn't call it that then. For probably three or four years, and doing really well at it. But I started podcasting just for fun. And I've been podcasting since 2012. I just kind of started it on just really early
1: for podcasts. Yeah, it really like is. Especially got on our, that train.
3: Like, yeah, especially in our, I think, niche. I think before that there were a lot of like humor and like politics and tech and stuff. But like you didn't hear from a lot of women podcasters talking about stuff like family life and motherhood and work-life balance and all that stuff. So yeah, it was pretty early. And then I kind of saw that start to take off around 2014 And at the time I had just been blogging, like it got to the point and maybe you guys can relate to this, um, especially you, Laura, because I know that you've spent a lot of time, you know, you did a weekly newsletter for a long time. Um, I don't know if you still do. I'm sorry. I've t- also lost a little bit of track of my friends. Sorry, right.
2: Nobody needs to keep
3: opening my spam. Yeah. To the <laughs> but like, I, you start to lose track of what you've actually written about. And I would be looking through my site and I would find stuff. I'd, I'd think, oh, I'm going to write about this or that. And then I would find the post that I had been planning to write. I would realize I'd already written it. And it was like three years <laughs> earlier. So I thought, oh, okay. I totally get that. Yeah. Yes. I've like, said everything I need to say in this format right now, in this medium. And the funny thing is I've always, always, always been a writer first and foremost. And I stopped writing. I just stopped. Like I ran, I was also, my marriage wasn't doing super well. And I was kind of the way I described it was I was sort of like falling out of love with my life and, and just looking for a different way to sort of talk about what was going on with me. And it wasn't the written word, which was interesting. You would think I'd be like hitting the, the page really hard and really working through stuff. And I wasn't, I didn't want to write at all for a while. So I didn't. And I started podcasting instead. I really kind of doubled down on that. And at the time, the woman who was Sarah Powers, who at the time was working with me on my blog as a managing editor for it, I said, "Hey, you want to start? Do you want to start a podcast together?" And so we did. And so we've been doing that, the Mom Hour, which I would say now is like definitely our biggest show. Um, we do have a network, and I'll talk about that in a little bit. But we've been doing that for three years, and that, like, I was amazed. Honestly, first of all, I think as someone who's a, a writer by trade. I have a really hard time letting go in writing. I perfectionist about it. I go back and check every period placement, every word, and like really massage it. And with a podcast, you can't. I mean, you really, don't have the ability to do that quite so much. So I found it very freeing just to kind of let go of that stuff. And then um, we just also found that the pot, the podcast community was so responsive and engaged. I was I don't know about you guys, but I was amazed by the amount of email we got. I didn't think that that would be the case, um, but people really responded to us. Yeah. in a very personal
1: way. We do fun- get a... A lot of email and well, not, a, probably not, not on the level that you guys get, but um, yeah, a lot of interesting voices, a lot of constructive criticism. Um, yeah. Actually, I just listened to your most, one of your most recent episodes and you were talking about the, how that Sarah was talking about how that was one of the harder aspects. Yeah. And I kind of get that because podcasting does feel very personal. Yes. Um, And when you put all that out there and then you get someone being like, well, I don't see how that works. It can be, it can be hard. But at that said, yeah. you can also learn a lot from those um, comments. Can. Email,
3: and, so. and I think for me, it's stuff like I'll, I'll just let something slip because it's a conversation between a really good friend of mine and you let something slide Then you're like, I never would have put that in an essay. Like I would have edited that way out and it's already out there and I'm not going to go remove the thought that I had, you know, and so we're very, very honest and people love that. And I think sometimes it also makes me feel like really exposed. So, um, so yeah, so then two years ago, almost two years ago, um, my husband of nearly 20 years and I separated. And during that time, I really, I like lost my mojo. It's the only way I can really put it. I, I just, I've always been someone who loves kind of the pitch and the thrill of the chase and finding the work. And I was still doing a lot of writing work, but not like personal writing. I was just doing a lot of client content stuff. And I just, I just didn't want to pitch anymore. I just didn't want to sell anymore. I didn't want to put myself out there anymore. And so I took a job, like a nine to five at um, a marketing agency as a copywriter And that lasted like all of ten months. (laughs) I actually quit there. uh,
2: Yeah, yeah, you weren't weren't quite going to go back into the uh, yes, the uh, it just
3: agency life. I mean, it was just not what I was. I have been self employed for way too long now. I am spoiled, so I couldn't like. It was fine for a while. I liked the people. Um, I did some interesting work, but like after about nine months, well, after about six months, I was already like trying to plan my exit strategy and. Figured out a way. Got together with Sarah. We figured out a way to make it. You know, the, we've been making money in the podcast, and it's been profitable. So we kind of just figured out a way to finagle it where I have a certain amount that I can count on, and then I can kind of fill in any cracks and and can really hit it full time. So that's what we're doing now. So it's been like since this time last year, right around this time last year. Actually, this may have been the day last year that I accepted the offer for the marketing. I think this actually was the date one year ago. So I started like a couple days after. And so it's been like a year, a crazy, crazy year, but all good. All good in the end.
2: Well, and your business so is, <laughs> is, you know, so you have the mom hour with the two of you, but then you, yeah. uh, you your whole network is, is your business. Right. That you've started,
3: so we, yeah. so the network is called life listened. And that was my dream. Like when I started the first podcast that I did, I thought, well, I'd love to have like a little network of female, oriented podcasts like Run by Women that are all the kind of cover all the lifestyle topics and I I thought all that stuff but I didn't do it and what I really needed to make that happen and to do it was Sarah like I really needed that partner who was good in the places I wasn't good and could focus on stuff that I'm I'm not out terribly focused sometimes I'm kind of all over the place and that was really the The special, like that was the partnership that needed to happen to make it happen. And we got together, hmm, was it like a year and a half ago and just made a plan. And then we actually did the stuff we said we were going to do. We kind of keep joking that like we said, we wanted four shows in the network. And then six months later, we had four shows in the network. And then we said we wanted to have two more and then we had two more. And so we have a network now. So in addition to the show that we produce, we have um, four others that are current And we, you know, sell advertising for ours and for theirs as well. And now we're kind of developing that model into kind of like a boutique ad agency as well. So where we'll be able to bring in shows outside of our own immediate network, and also sell ads on their behalf. And so we've got like a lot of irons in the fire right now. It's all exciting stuff.
2: That's awesome, and you have you're juggling a very full personal life too. I mean, five kids is obviously yeah. a fair amount of of children. Um, <laughs> were, you, were you always one of those people who wanted a big family, or or that that just happened?
3: Um, no, I, I did actually. I didn't. Five wasn't necessarily a number. I always thought four or five. Um, I came from a family of four siblings, and I liked that number. And I also liked the idea of kind of one-upping my parents and going for the fifth. Um, That's hilarious. And, I, you know, it's kind of funny. Like, I had four boys, and so everyone thinks that the reason I had the fifth was because um, I wanted a girl. And that's not really the case because by that point I had totally given up on thinking I would ever have a girl. or Yeah, a girl. And so um, it was more that I got to be – I had all my kids in my 20s except for my last one. And I was 31, and I remember saying to my now ex-husband, like, you know, I'm kind of been on the fence about having another kid. Um, our youngest at the time was like two. And I said, so if we're going to do it, we should just, we should just do it. Like, if we're going to do it, this is it. Cause after this, I think the factory is going to be closed. Like, I don't, I don't think I want to have one, like a caboose baby in my mid thirties after spending my entire twenties, basically breastfeeding. So he was like, okay. And we didn't really take it ser- super seriously. And it took me like one month to get pregnant. So <laughs> <laughs> of course, yes, of course. Right. So, um, but yeah, I love having five. I love having a big family. It's totally different now than it was then. I mean, it was so insane for a while. Like I had five kids under the age of 11 and at that time, you know, I couldn't leave them at home to go anywhere. So every time I went out in public, I had like at least four of them. And that's <laughs> when I'd look back and go, geez, like what a crazy time. Now it's like they're all kind of doing their own stuff. And, you know, my youngest is self. She can make her own sandwich and get her own glass of milk. Like they don't need me in the same way. It's more like getting them places and making sure they're keeping up with their schoolwork and stuff. It's just a very different kind of parenting now, which I, I know you can relate to as well. But um, Yeah. It's just different.
1: Well, one of the reasons I love your podcast is because you do talk about all those changes and because mm-hmm. your your partner, Sarah, has younger kids, although they're getting older. Yeah. Um, it's really cool to hear the contrast. And I have to say, like, there's definitely, for those of you who haven't listened to the Mom Hour, if you want to hear a mom finding joy in, in some chaos, uh, Megan does that really well. I mean, even though they are older, you've got a lot going on. And yet you kind of come off as quite relaxed under those circumstances. It's pretty inspiring.
3: I I typically am and I think that's part of what allowed me. And I think one of the fun things about Sarah and I talking is that we have very different ways of approaching parenthood and but it's based on our personalities. Our personalities are just really different. We agree on a lot of stuff, but we just come at it from a completely different angle. And so um No, it's awesome, I, you guys. You were
1: great compliments.
3: <laughs> yeah, and I think one of the reasons that I was able to have five kids and not lose my mind is because things like noise and chaos didn't really ever bother me, and that can be a blessing and a curse. It was, you know, that also doesn't really incentivize you to get on top of it until sometimes it's a problem. So, <laughs> I've been on both sides of that. There's I've had to learn some workarounds, that's for sure.
2: Yeah, well, I'm sure the logistics of getting 5 kids to activities is is quite a quite an issue. And now you have the additional logistics. So, you you and your ex-husband have, have pretty much split custody, right? Is that yes. how it Yes. And and
3: so it's like half a week on, half a week, half a week off. On, is how we do half it. Half a week off. Mm-hmm.
2: Um it, was that um I mean, we can talk a little bit about the divorce. You've been amazingly honest about it on on the podcast, which I think is also one of the reasons the podcast is so awesome. Just the authenticity on there, but I'm pondering like, boy, like (laughs) the logistics, the sheer logistics of moving kids around from one household to another. Sounds like this added layer. I'm I'm very curious how you guys make that work.
3: Well, you know, it's been evolving. So the first, um, gosh, almost a year. We lived in the same house and he and I went and they call that nesting or something like that. There's a name for
1: it. Oh, that's very interesting. i had yeah. never heard of that. But that actually, yeah. from we a logistic standpoint, doesn't sound terrible.
3: We lived in this big house and it fit everyone really, really well. And we were kind of like, well, what would be the point of us both having to have like expensive big houses right now? And then like how like the uprooting for everybody and like that just felt like a bummer to me. Um, and to everybody. And I think neither one of us was ready for that. So we both had places outside of the house that we could stay at during, or we also had the house kind of set up in such a way that we didn't, weren't really in each other's spaces too much. Um, So I think that that year was really good. Um, It was very hard and I would never do it again, (laughs) but I'm not saying I wouldn't do it again. Like I would, I don't regret it at all. I think it was, the right thing for us to do. But like, I couldn't put myself back in that situation. And my son said to me kind of wistfully, like, remember the moment we just all lived in one house? Maybe we could just get like a really huge mansion and we could all live in it again. And I was like, honey, I think we're all past that. Like, (laughs) we, we don't need to go back to that. And it wasn't hard. Like it wasn't hard in that we were interpersonally fighting or it was more like how you part of divorcing is creating something new out of something that's fallen apart or broken. And you can't really do that when things haven't changed around you. Like there was, it was really hard to find my own space. I tended to just kind of gravitate between the kitchen and my bedroom. I stopped going in certain areas of the house. Like I didn't want to be in the living room anymore. So it like the house started to feel like very foreign to me and I found myself avoiding it. So that was like, it was fine. And I think it was good. It was a good transition. But then now for the last gosh, I guess, almost a year. Well, like 10, month, 10, 11 months, something like that. He's lived about 30 minutes away and we switched the kids on and off. And it's actually not that crazy. Part of it is because the two older ones are now so much older, they kind of get themselves where they need to go and they kind of have their own lives too. Like they sort of just float in and out. One of them is more full-time with me and one of them is more full-time with him. Um, and they're both working and both doing, you know, their stuff that they've got going on. So we're, we don't really have to, take them anywhere and the other three have their stuff that's at dad's and they have their stuff that's at mom's and they have backpacks that they carry back and forth and it just works I don't know like it's not perfect the stuff that's the stuff that doesn't work is really annoying stuff like I realize they really need to have each have two sets of extra hats gloves they need to have an extra swimsuit they have to have stuff that just stays at mom's or dad's because it's always that time you need that thing that you don't have it and sometimes things would happen like, oh, a school book would get lo- left at a house and we wouldn't have it. But their teachers have been really understanding. And it's just, it hasn't been that big of a deal. It is a hassle. But then I have three days a week where I don't have any kids in my house at all.
2: So what or is, I just uh, had the yeah, adult Yeah, I mean, I'm sure because in. it's this complete difference <laughs> between like lots of yeah. kids and, and no kids. It's,
3: <laughs> what, it's weird. What do you do with um, yourself? I mean, I'm very curious. It's, it's, well, I'm still getting, honestly, I am still getting used to just like getting to the point where I feel fine staying home for the evening and cooking for myself. Like that's taking time to get used to that because for the first year we had the arrangement that we had when it was like my night off in quotes, I would leave. So I got used to not being there during those days. And then I'm like, well, now I have my house and like, I can be in it. And like nesting was hard and I'm used to be a big nester and I had to almost kind of retrain myself to do that. So I did end up moving out of the big house and into a much smaller house It felt like my space and was much more manageable. Um, and that's worked really well. And I feel like now I can take care of it a little bit better and it feels fresher. And like, I'm just feeling a little more re-energized on that front, but like the, how to, like, what do I do with myself stuff? It's amazing how quickly the time still goes. Like I tend to front load my work week to the part of the week that I don't have the kids. So I do a lot of work when I don't have them. I've also been working like crazy for the last year or so. Like I had a full-time job plus on top of that, I was doing this radio morning show, which I'm actually letting go of because it's just too much. So I've been busy. Like I've just been out and not around that much. Um, and I think that's what my solution, I think up till now has been just stay really, really, really busy. And then I don't have to think about it. And now I'm coming into a phase where I'm just not going to be as busy outside of my house anymore. And I think that's good. Like, I think I need it to kind of recenter myself a little bit, but it's hard. That's not, it's not easy. Are you, are you eating over the time.
2: sink or are you actually like cooking yourself? <laughs> now at this point?
3: Well, I'll tell you what, I, I don't eat over the sink. I do try to sit down when I eat, but I'm terrible. Like I'll, I'm terrible about cooking for myself I'm trying to get better at it like I've definitely come up with a couple recipes that are just things I can just throw together easily for maybe me and then have like a leftover in the fridge for the next day or whatever but like that's that's been hard too like I'm just figuring it like I feel like I'm still in this figuring it all out phase I tend to eat stuff like a peanut butter sandwich because I don't care and it's easy um, and I eat well out there's no much.
1: shame in that whatsoever yeah, or true. that <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and you know, it's a start
2: of new stuff, and I mean, it's a new new yep. career, new uh, house, and um, for those following Megan on Instagram, I just saw the the dating site profile. Was that actually? Oh
3: it? yeah, <laughs>
2: that was uh, how what, you know.
3: Tell us about that. What are? Oh yeah, well, I I posted a funny thing so um, about when you just give up on your dating profile and I put like one sarcastic sentence in it because I've had like, I've changed my profile a million times and no matter what it is, it's always dumb. Like, like, I mean the results are always dumb. So I've actually been on dating sites for like a year and it's kind of the worst I have to say. It seems
1: like dating is really complicated now, like much more so than like I missed that whole thing.
3: Yeah. Well, and I got married really young and it was someone I knew from, Well, we went to high school together. We didn't date in high school, but we went to the same college, and we had the same friends. And we just decided we liked each other. You know, it's like it was so simple. And now, what what tends to happen, at least at my age, where I live, and I live in a small town, which also complicates things. Like everyone I know my age is pretty much married. Like most people aren't on their first divorces yet. I'm a little bit new, you know, early to the scene there, so they are still married. Or if or the really early stages or for whatever reason we're just not a good fit. So I have not met a single person like through the usual channels who has been a really good candidate to date. So then it's like, okay, well, what do I do? So everyone uses the apps. So I use the I think apps. the
1: apps have become the usual channels. I yeah. mean, I I don't did you read Aziz Ansari's book? I think it was like Modern I've Romance past, or something. I read some
3: essays from it and yeah, I thought it was spot on. The one where he talked about what it would be like if you went up and swipe left on somebody's face because they didn't like the same team that uh, you did or something. Yes, yes. Yes. And that's really what it's boiled down to. It becomes this very superficial like list, like laundry list. Like, do I like the things that this person said in this paragraph? But you, otherwise, like, what do you have to go on? Even at a bar, you know, you have a first impression that's created by their, whatever they say or look like or how they're dressed. But the problem is an app doesn't leave anything for the next thing, which is having a conversation or getting to know someone naturally. So at the, on the other hand I have met some really interesting people that I absolutely would otherwise not have met. So it's kind of like, ugh. and I don't have any problem. Like I can be out and start conversations with men. I do it all the time. I'm actually pretty good at it. And my millennial friends are like, wow, I can't believe you talk to people at the bar. That's <laughs> like, well, that's what, that's what you do, right? You go to the bar and you talk to people. Um, I don't think they're not in that world. Like my 30, young thirties friends are like, what, that's not, you wait and make sure that they think you're cute first. And then like, you don't, there's not as much putting yourself out there because you've both already bought in on each other. So to some degree, but to me that takes all the fun out of it because isn't part of the fun, like figuring out if someone likes you or figuring out if you like somebody. So, I mean, I don't know. It's kind of a hot mess. I'm, I vacillate daily between turning them off like deleting them for good because they get very boring. I've had some of the most boring text conversations of my life in some of these apps, but every now and then you're like, Oh, this person's kind of interesting, interesting enough for a date. So I don't, know, I keep hanging on because everybody else is, it just seems like the thing to do, but I'm not taking it very seriously these, these days. So I guess that's my long answer. Check back with me. And like, that sounds like months. a good balance. <laughs> so Yeah. And I think most people aren't taking it very seriously, and that's why nothing happens. Like nothing, there's no traction on anything because everyone's just kind of on their screwing around and not really taking, not really expecting a lot. So their investment's very low. It's it's just a strange, it's a very strange little s- ecosystem that I'm living in at the moment. But it is what it is, right? It's it'll, maybe one day I'll write a book about it. That
2: would be great. Ooh, <laughs> we yeah. would read it. But what we want to know, um, you know. Day in the life of Megan. And so now we know that, uh, I mean, our reader, our yeah. listeners love like sort of logistics and everything. Uh, obviously, yes. you have two very different days in life, because there's day in the life yes. with, without kids and day in the life with kids. So if uh, maybe you could do a quick run through of, of both, like, so if you don't have your kids with you, yeah. what does a day look like for for you?
3: Yeah. Well, okay. So let me give you, I'll give you the, what it looks like currently, like right now. And then I'll give you what I'm hoping it's going to look like Ooh, because like I'm that. about to leave. So I've been doing this radio gig for two years. Um, right around the time, the time I started separating from my ex, I was asked to co-host a morning radio show, like Megan in the morning kind of a thing. So I've been doing that. So that means I have to get up around six 30 and go in to the station. And I'm there from seven until nine, nine 30, depending on the day. And so what was happening during the school year, this was just a crazy hot mess, which is part of the reason I'm letting it go because like I would get my daughter, I would jump on the mic on the days I had my kids in my kitchen while I'm making like my tea and bacon or whatever. And then between segments, I would be waking my kids up and like making sure they all had their stuff and making sure they get ready. And then I'd be like, shh, mom's on the radio. And then they would all shut up. And then I would do my segment and then I would jump off
1: again. And that stuff. sounds, I'm <laughs> interrupting because that's insane. Like that sounds insane. It was insane. There
3: were like <laughs> three and four minute segments, but like, there's a lot of like, you kind of have to be paying attention in between because you, you maybe have two songs break. So it's not a lot of time. And on the days I didn't have my kids, it was super easy. I would just show up at the station and just, you know, get on the mic and shoot the crap with my co-host. It's not a hard job. And I always thought it was really fun. But on the days that I had the kids, oh, and then I would always go in. As soon as I dropped my daughter off at school, I would go in and be live in studio for like an hour because there was like people would come in for interviews. So I dropped my daughter off and like zoomed to the station to make sure I got there in time for my next segment. So it was insane. And I finally was like, this is, why am I doing this to myself? Like, just because I can do something doesn't mean I should. And like, I'm not the point where it was really good for me, I think for a while to have a reason to get up in the morning and get out the door and like be dressed and all that stuff and have someone that I could talk to every day that was like fun. And I think that was really good for me, but I'm, I'm, it's become more hassle than it's worth. So then I would have started the rest of my day. So then I would have gone home. And if my kids were home, like during the summer, you know, you just kind of end up on the days you have them, you know, you do that sort of like work at home, mom, like you're working, but then you're interrupted and you have to make a snack or a lunch. And then maybe, you know, it's summer. So let's go to the beach. And it's like, just a lot of back and forth. I've never really relied too heavily on activities. Cause then I just find that that's one more thing I have to worry about and like getting them there then picking them up or having someone else pick them up. So they have activities, but they don't, they've never had like full day camps that they've been doing. It's more like we have friends down the street that they can play with and we do a lot of swapping and stuff like that. So that would be what it would look like in the summer. And during the school year, I would just I would just work at home, try to fit in a workout. I I do the most mediocre workouts ever, um, (laughs) which is something I'm hoping to change because I'd like to get in better shape again. But what I'm hoping it's going to start looking like is that I will get up on the days that I have the kids, get them off to school, go to the gym, maybe do a real workout, you know, come back and then have a nice long stretch of work day, like a four or five hour stretch. Then they come home around 334. And do some quality time so like really not have those days be super focused on work just enough. And then the days that they're not here basically just work. And that really hasn't changed too much. It's just that now two and a half days, two and a half work days a week, I don't have my kids at all. So those days I can just sit there and like do that zombie thing in front of my computer. You know, like we're all in showered and you're like kind of slumped over in front of your computer. (laughs) Like you haven't looked up in a while and you forget to go to the bathroom, like I'll probably have a couple days like that a week, which is going to be good because I need to focus.
1: Yeah, so. You know, the slight irony to that is like I feel like many men kind of – they. it's almost like they already have that built in. Like you have that because yes. you actually don't have your kids with you a couple right. days, but there's a lot – like there are definitely days my, my husband like barely – sees the kids and that's just accepted whereas it seems almost radical for you to have days that, to, well, be that, know, to be that's fully I know to be
3: fully immersed. I'm not used to it. I have never really had that. And it's funny when I was, you know, separated but my ex was still living in the house, there would be days that I would be working at the house and a kid would wander into my room where I'm working and be like, "Mom, um, do you think that I could have?" First of all, they'd ask me something ridiculous like that they don't have to ask permission for like can I have an apple? My kids know that they don't have to ask permission to eat a piece of fruit. And then I would They're say just looking for some love. <laughs> exactly. And I would be like, sure. And then I would say, where's your dad? And they'd say, oh, he's in the kitchen. And I would say, <gasps> <"Hey>, well- no. <laughs> Do you realize oh, that's you funny. walked three rooms away to ask me if I could do something that was in the same room where your dad is? And so we finally had to be a little more specific about like, mom doesn't exist right now. Like I know I'm here and I'll come out and talk to everybody later and I'll say goodnight to you before the end of the night. But like, as far as you're all concerned, dad is the only person parenting. So, and I think that was instructive for him. Like, I think he learned a lot from that. And I think the kids learned how to become a little more Dis- discerning about who they went to, so in some ways it was a really good thing because I feel like now they just and they're getting older too, which helps. But now I can say, you know, I really can't help you with that for a few minutes. I'm working. I'm going to need like I'm going to need an hour, and I'll say that to my daughter, and she's like, okay, I know what that means, and she'll go amuse herself for an hour and come back. But she's nine now, like I can expect that. I I couldn't expect that when she was four um, in the same way. So yeah, no, they definitely some of are. it is it's gotten easier, but some of that's a, also because they're getting older, not just because I don't have them in my house. A couple days a week. Exactly.
2: So as you're going to be able to, you know, focus more on on building your business. Like, what's what's next for Life Listened? How do you see this uh, growing?
3: All kinds of fun stuff. So one of the things we really want to do. um, All of our shows so far have been this kind of like conversational, like two person conversational show, just like what you guys do. Um, And we would really like to experiment. I I have been really inspired by some of the more narrative. Um, more produced shows, um, the ones that are kind of NPR-y and I really love those, but those we've never been able to even think about doing something like that because we just don't have time. Like right now it's, you know, just the way, how crazy my work life has been. And Sarah's uh, three kids until this year, were not all at the same school at the same time. Her youngest was in preschool. So she only had a few days and like they were all over town. So this is the first year where I'm going to be home and she's going to be home. Like for an entire school day, Monday through Friday, which is very exciting. And uh, it's going to make everything easier. Like, you know, and you guys probably deal with this too. Like just sitting down together at the same time to record can be really challenging. So imagine when we have multiple times during the week, we could do that and talk about stuff. So that's really exciting. Um, we really want to get a community going. And I don't, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Patreon or if you use Patreon. It's something we've thought about for years. And it's basically like a membership model for people who don't know. Where um, for like a few bucks a month, kind of your super fans or your your really engaged listeners can basically join this community and get access to premium content or back behind the scenes stuff. Maybe like some kind of additional engagement that they wouldn't get otherwise. And it's just a really fun way to both support the show, but also become part of its community. And that's something that we keep talking about. You know how it is when like you're just squeezing everything in as much as you can with the time that you have you talk about stuff and you don't make it happen. So that's one of the things we really want to do. And I mean, even if it's only 1% of the people who are listening to us, I think though that 1% really wants it. So we're really, yeah. And that's that. a
1: cool model because yeah. I mean, it's, it's a revenue generator without it being, I mean, not, we don't currently have ads. We don't have anything against ads, but, um, but it's totally you guys. You know what I mean? Like you're not selling anything else. You're right. just selling yourselves, exactly. which is really cool. Cause that's the product that people come to your podcast for anyway. So I think that's great.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So, and I don't know, besides that, I think we just want to, I want to be more, I need to stay more on top of what's happening with podcasting. Like when I first started podcasting, I was listening to podcasts all the time. I really, I felt like I had a really good handle on sort of the, the community around it and sort of that ecosystem. And it blew up, it exploded in the last six years since I started that first show. So like, I have not been able to keep up on what's happening. Like I, I, there's trends now there's new shows coming out all the time that I want to check out. And I haven't, really had the time to do that. So I'm hoping to listen more as well, which I'm excited about that because it's kind of hard to keep producing something if you're not consuming it ever. And I know for myself, I've always gone through phases where I consume more and then produce more and consume more and produce more. But after a while, you start to kind of like lose touch with what's going on around you. So yeah, that's another goal. Yes, it
2: is the the hazard of podcasting is there's so many good ones that you want to listen to out there and there's only so right.
3: many. <laughs> you can't listen to more than one. Have once. you tried Have you tried listening on like two times? I do.
1: I do. I do 1.5 and okay. um, I probably could ramp it up actually now that I'm used to 1.5. My husband thinks I'm crazy. Um, but ne- then once you start getting used to that, then like the regular speed sounds so Then
3: you want to listen to the
1: regular when you're
3: trying to go to <laughs> 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 so, Yeah, exactly. I've listened. I've never listened to a podcast on higher speed. I've listened to audiobooks and I find it really hard to get used to so I'm I'm worried that it would make podcast listening not as fun for me but I might, might try it.
1: Oh, definitely try. it. The 1.5 you get used to and I've li- that's how I listen to your podcast and you guys are to be honest, the the person who sounds the fastest when I do that is myself and I don't know if it's cuz like I'm used to- Cause I right. actually speak quickly or because my own head, I'm like used to hearing how I how speak. I don't know. It's very interesting. Yeah. Um, I can see that. but yeah, you guys sound great on 1.5. All right. Good, good to too. know.
3: See if anyone's trying yeah. to squeeze us in a little
1: less than an hour and just try yeah, it that way. It would make
3: the mom hour last uh, 45 minutes. Or
2: the mom
1: 40. Exactly. The mom 40. You got it. Right. We always
2: um, end up our segments with our, our love of the week, which is just something that okay. is, you know, making life awesome for us right now. I mean, Sarah and I can go first so that we, uh,
3: yeah, please that, do. Give me
2: time to think. So my love of the week is uh, Crocodile Creek Puzzles. Um, what are these? It's yeah. just a brand name. I don't know which, if it's one of the major toy companies that has this as a um, you know brand. But uh, it's Crocodile Creek. They are pretty nicely – like they've got a little heft to them, so they don't completely fall apart, and they actually stick together pretty well. The, lots of interesting ones, you know, like – there'll be maps like, you know, the globe, the, the world or the U S or like under the sea or pirates, or whatever. but there's just a bunch of them, but um, they've got a lot of, you know, 100 and 200 piece ones. And those are really doable with um, my age kids. Uh, So I also have just a thing for puzzles. I enjoy doing them myself. Um, And so we've, we've collected quite a few of these, these crocodile Creek ones. So I'm always on the lookout for more. uh, I'll have to we can hit up Target again, I guess, <laughs> for for more.
1: Sarah, how about you? Uh, well, this is going to air much later than school, the start of school for most people, but that's okay. We're preparing for it now. And um, I had to buy new lunch bags for the kids, but, so that's not my love of the week because there's not that many lunch bags that are washable. But when I find a good one, I will put that in there. But no, um, we have those metal lunch bots containers that have like segments and they close and they're in perfect shape from last year. I don't think they're I think they're always just gonna. I don't think they're ever gonna destruct. So I love them. Um, and if you're looking for a durable lunchware, then you might want to check them out.
3: Okay, you guys. I have to admit, like, I totally forgot you were gonna ask me this. It's okay. <laughs> That's okay. I,
2: you <gasps> you guys are We're totally, totally okay. All right. Yeah. yeah.
3: Just let me think for a second. Because while you guys were talking, then I couldn't like I couldn't come up with anything because I was listening to you guys. Oh, I know. I know. Um, okay. I know. Okay. So this is like a little bit random, but like I did mention that I've been trying to cook again for myself and I've been really actually trying to get into cooking and I used my tagine. Do you guys know what this so is? It was like Moroccan. Like, yes. yeah Yes. It's like a Mediterranean like clay pot. I think mine's actually porcelain and the company that mine is a meal Henry, I believe is it's kind of fancy, but I made a Moroccan chicken last week and it was so good. I don't know what it was about the, it's like this funky shaped pot that like you can put on the stovetop or you can put in your oven, but it has like this, the lid is like a dome. And I think what yes. it does is it traps the heat and circulates it, but it also traps moisture. So the chicken came out like really, really good. And now I'm actually like, it's, I've had this for thing for three years. It moved with me twice. And I finally was like, I'm just going to use this thing. And I did. And I loved it. So, um, do you guys put a link in your show notes to your loves of the week? Cause I can, link. Laura definitely I can, can. Okay, her, to... show notes, her show notes. Our show notes are yeah, her yeah, blog so posts. Okay. Post. Yeah. We'll, we'll send it to you. Cause you definitely. guys, people might be interested in it and I'll send the recipe too. It was so good. Ooh, sounds good. It made my week.
1: Cool. Oh yeah. Link, we can link the recipe. Everyone would want the recipe. Cool,
3: and you don't need the pot to make the recipe. By the way, you can make it with a skillet with a lid. But I just thought the tagine looks really cool and it's fun.
1: We
2: probably have a lot of people who have one of those, like sitting in their cupboards. (laughs) Right, I know. Looking for
3: for my tooth to break out the tagine. What am I going to do with this thing? Now you know. Now you know.
2: All right, well, Megan, thanks so much for coming on. We really appreciate it.
3: Yeah. Thanks guys. This was super fun. I'm really, um, keep you, keeping up with you guys and what's going on. And I will definitely know diving back into podcasts. You guys, I've already subscribed, but it'll be like high on my listen list. So yeah. Yay.
1: Yay. Awesome. Okay. This week we have a question from confused in Colorado.
2: I love that people are starting to put things like that. It's like, we're a, you know, one yes. of those agony at columns. Yeah, we highly encourage oh, that <laughs> sleepless in Seattle. <laughs>
1: Yes. Well, Miss Confused is a first-time mom of a 15-month-old and an attorney in her fifth year. She had actually recently moved from government to corporate practice where she has eminently reasonable hours, especially for a lawyer and no travel. She is the primary parent for the limited logistics of a fa- family with one toddler, drop-off pickup, music classes, and doctor's appointments. Her husband travels extensively, usually one to three weeks out of each month. Hmm, three weeks out of a month is, is pretty extensive um and often over weekends because he goes to asia in general things are working well and the flexibility he has when he is home is a great asset but they struggle managing family communications while he's gone sometimes i feel like items i want to flag and disposition I think she means <laughs> no, that's lawyer's the right word. It. I don't know. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> lawyer speak. Uh, I only speak doctor speak. Okay. An invitation I want to accept and put on the calendar, for example, or making travel arrangements for an upcoming trip are a welcome an unwelcome intrusion. That makes it hard to plan ahead for times when he's home, which I get her wanting to make the most of since he's away so much. By contrast, he likes to video chat extensively with, with our daughter while he's away. He's a wonderful, involved father and husband, but this can sometimes be disruptive for a toddler and for our routine. My question for you and Sarah is how and this is more for Laura because I don't really have a on the road spouse. but um how do you develop a cadence when one of you is on the road? What are best practices for managing life when work takes one parent away, and how much should a parent's desire to be involved from afar factor into those decisions? Does this evolve with multiple kids as they age?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, I think it's a good question. Um, you know we people who are listening to this know that we recorded an episode recently on, you know, families where both parties travel and sort of how you manage the logistics of that. Um, But certainly there are families where one parent does and you're trying to say, well, how do you make that work so that parent can stay involved? And yet the person who's there is probably doing more of the logistics. And I mean, first off, I would say, if you are the primary parent who is there, you can set the guidelines because you're the one who has to live with them. I mean, that's the reality of it. And so I think what's happening here is that probably he's calling just as like their daughter's trying to go to bed. And that gets her wired up and like pushes her past bedtime. And, you know, it makes sense. Like there's a 12 hour time gap between a lot of the places people are doing business in Asia. So probably he wakes up in the morning and he's like gotten showered and he's, you know, got half hour before he needs to be at his first meeting. He's like, okay, this would be a great time for me to call our daughter, except it's not a great time for him to call the daughter because her his wife's trying to get their daughter into bed. Um, and so then she's up and wired and like, you know, running around showing daddy this and that. And then it's hard to get her you know, back down. So, you know, he needs to work around it. I mean, I think that's fair that if he's the one who's not there, she's the one covering it, he needs to respect their schedule. And there could be some compromise with that, but maybe it means he needs to start waking up a little bit earlier, you know, that maybe he can um, do that video call at like 6am instead of 7.30. And so that he gets up a little bit early, does it before the shower, before breakfast. I suggested, you know, doing it so that he can entertain her while mom's making dinner or something. That would actually be a useful function of, of these video chats um, that she can hold the phone while while mom's making dinner and, and deal with that. Um, I think partly what's happening with the, the emails that she feels like it's unwelcome intrusion is because he's not responding. But I think the reason he may not be responding to a lot of it is the same thing with, when they're being sent and the 12 hour time delay, because if you, if you think about it, she is maybe sending this, you know, after their daughter's in bed, she'll like think of stuff or maybe, you know, in the middle of the day. Well, if it's in the middle of the day, he's asleep. Um, he is not seeing it. He's probably not processing his personal emails till the evening, which means that there's like a 24 hour or more delay between when she sends and when he's reading it. And responding, you know, same thing. If she's sending them at night, you know, he's starting his work day, he's probably not going through it. By the time he sends it at night, she's like, you know, in the middle of her night. It, it just doesn't, the overlap is such that it appears that people aren't responsive when in fact they are. It's just not a good time for them when it comes in. And so I think what you just have to do is maybe send a digest email um, and then the, Assumption with the digest email is that you will get a response within X amount of time, right? Like you can set whatever that is. But, you know, if I send the digest email at this, you will respond to all items within 24 hours, because that's what allows us to, you know, make a functioning schedule as, as a family that is in two separate parts of the world at this point. And there's a lot to be said for the digest email in general. I've needed to start sending digest emails to Sarah. <laughs> I, <laughs> to me. I'm sending them all the time. I realized, like, well, wait, she's she's in with patients. She can't actually respond to this stuff. <laughs>
1: like, oh, but it's okay. You know I do inbox zero. I'll go I know. For, well, I'll I'll go then and
2: I <laughs> sent you 12 separate emails during the day and you're like trying to get down to zero <laughs> every time. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Did you have anything to, to add to that?
1: Well, it's so funny because, well, this, we're going to get to her response. But before I – remembered her response. I was like, you know, I think this is a great use of an online shared calendar because then you can just kind of stick stuff on there and he has a limited window to approve or not approve. And you can put a lot of details actually in like a Google calendar entry. Like you can put a bunch of notes in there so that maybe he, you know, knows what you have planned for the upcoming weekend or or a travel and then he can either accept it or not depending. And as you know, this person actually replied to us and it turns out that they were doing something like that. So that is awesome. And I guess my other thought, what was my other thought? Hmm. Is, oh, just to mostly, you know, I love that you're analyzing how well this is going early on because I do think this is only going to become significantly more complicated um with multiple kids and as the kids get older and yes some people may say you know you guys are talking about it in such a business-like way but again the truth is like if you manage the logistics then they will not manage you or kind of mess you up later like it's it's really being proactive tends to pay off um And finding a mutually agreed upon solution is probably going to prevent um, fights that are unpleasant later on. So we greatly embrace the idea of, like, creating, you know, a a specific and agreed upon system rather than just kind of if the status quo isn't working, just going with that.
2: Yeah. So she said – she responded to us that – Instead of routinely sending three to six emails per day that week, she decided just send calendar invites, and he could decline or write back if unhappy. But no dialogue needed on ninety percent of them, where we agree. And I kind of like this too. I mean, you know, again, if he's not there, you don't actually have to ask him permission on all this stuff. You know, it's it's kind of (sighs) it's hard to put this, but. You may as well make the schedule. If you're the parent who is primarily deciding these things, you can make the schedule and then he can say if he disapproves. But waiting for him to approve on some of this um, could just drive you insane. Uh, And so I think that that's probably the way to go. She talked on, still working on the best time for the FaceTime. Um, She would really like him to call in the morning for their time. And and so this is a question of trying to get him to find a break maybe later in the day after his meetings or um, before dinner with the clients or whatever it is to um, FaceTime with their daughter at that because unfortunately...
1: Oh yeah, and my idea for that is maybe they could do a little bit of like make videos for each other so uh, that it wasn't so so time sensitive. sensitive. Or even like there's a voice app that a lot of people use Voxer where they can like, you know, well, the 15 month old probably isn't like, you know, talking in paragraphs yet, but he could tell her a whole little story and she could like speak something back. And that way it's not so time sensitive and it might be kind of fun. Yeah.
2: So that's a work in progress, but we love hearing back from people. We write back on these emails and then people sometimes respond if they tried it and if it worked or it didn't. And that's always great to know too, because these things are always evolving. But anyway, this has been Best of Both Worlds. We've been talking with Megan Francis, um, mostly the host of The Mom Hour. Um, And we will be back next week with more on making work and life fit together
1: thanks for listening you can find me sarah at the shoebox.com or at the underscore shoebox on instagram
2: and you can find me laura at lauravandercam.com this has been the best of both worlds podcast please join us next time for more on making work and life work together
0: Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's brand new season two.